Hi, and welcome back once again. I am your host, Ryan Keyes, and you are listening to my show, In Deep Shift, a show about shifting your reality right now and doing away with the dogma. Real talk on topics and tools for total transformation, a much-needed mindful approach to creating love, happiness, and more clarity during your conscious awakening. In today's show, we're going to dive in right now, and we are going to be talking about how your reality is made, how your thoughts transition and transform into your reality. We've heard it before. I mean, we've seen Rhonda Byrne talk about it with The Secret. We've seen Wayne Dyer talk about thoughts become things. We've heard all kinds of information that has come out about this topic. One of the things that I think is important to take note of during this talk, you are creating even when you're not thinking you're creating. Because we're going to dive into this in a a couple episodes about how your subconscious is also sifting through reality, taking in sensory input, and creating um, supportive reality for what you really believe and what you're thinking. But have you ever gotten something wrong? Have you ever thought somebody was not into you, but you found out they really were? Or have you ever thought you were going to get a bad grade on a test and you actually came back with an A? So our thoughts don't always transfer into actual occurrences. So let me say that, thank God that all of our thoughts don't become complete paths. (laughs) Because when you've been driving down the freeway, there's probably some thoughts you've had about people that have pushed over into your lane or cut in front of you that uh, probably would have canceled you by now. So as we dive into this topic, um, this is how your thoughts become reality. I'd like to try to keep an open mind. I'd like to look and see if there is a way that we can verify that our thoughts do um, create things. And also, how do you keep your thoughts in alignment with what you believe, right? How do your beliefs come into play with that? And yes, you might hear a plane, you might hear a dog, you might hear a bird because we're out here live and we're in nature and we're living it. I'm not in a studio recording this today, so I'm just off the cuff. This was a dropped in from a guide, my, one of my guides, and I said, hey, well, hey, I want to get this in. Um, before I go forward, there's a point of reference that I'd like to start doing, at least occasionally. Um, as everyone knows, we talk about metaphysics, we talk about... Um, meaningful things. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Nothing is really off the table here. But I wanted to share an insight that I had in a dream about a crow. Um, Hunan and Munin are two crows that Odin had that searched the world and um, brought back information to Odin. Um, That's Norse mythology, if you haven't heard about it. It's pretty interesting, pretty cool story. Uh, The Vikings also used ravens to locate land. But um, I myself uh, grew up and loved Brandon Lee and the Crow. So the Crow has represented different things through different time periods. And I think the main thing that I came away with in my dream, which is co-creating with spirit. And this is relevant to today's topic. Because the Crow spirit, and as you look around, you can sense like this magic that pulsates through the world, right? You can feel it at times. 
When you walk into certain buildings, you can feel residual information. When somebody gives you a certain glance, you can feel totally freaked out or totally, you know, fueled. Um, you've witnessed something that you can't explain. Everybody has. And I'm not trying to validate the unexplainable or to prove the impossible. But I would like to put a point of reference here. That the universe works in mysterious ways. And that sacred laws shape your experience. And it's important that we have uh, reverence for ritual and for certain aspects of our ancestors and for the universe. It is important that we, we hold that and that we align our thoughts and feelings and beliefs with spirit. And I think even, you know, Christianity talks about the Holy Spirit. Um, Indians talk about the spirit. Many religions talk about a spirit of earth. You could call it Gaia, Aya, whatever you want to call that spirit. But it, it sits here. And it is something that helps churn the waters. It keeps the world from being stagnant. And we're going to perceive that it's a crow today. And we're going to be delighted that the crow came in and feeling the excitement and wonder and the harmony that this actually magnifies and brings. And if you saw a crow today or if a crow crossed your path or if it crosses it tomorrow, reflect on this idea that the crow spirit is saying right now you are on target, that you are going to be manifesting on purpose and that things will magically become visible in your world. Um, compensation, frequency, praise, abundance, the things that you operate that will be in your favor will find you. Now, also, whatever your idea is of compensation or abundance, whatever your idea is of value and how you feel validated, whatever that comes in as your truth, right? Because so many people are searching outside of their truth. It's very difficult to... Um, rationalize where they really are in comparison to what they're saying, right? Their actions and words aren't aligning. I talked about this on YouTube and it was a really great talk. You can check that out as well. I'll post this on YouTube with a video background. But just remember that the universe works on prayer, praise, uh, meditation, mantraing, visualization, imagination, creation. Um, you're doing these things simultaneously with your conscious state of affairs and your unconscious and your dream state. So there's three avenues in which you are actually aligning and creating your reality. And I would say, let's recognize that and let's reside um, as much as possible to have as much priority and put, put uh, intention on what we can influence and can control. We'll go into ways you can regulate and remove subconscious blocks or inhibitors and reprogram the subconscious. We'll cover that in series uh, to come. But right now, where you really have an impact is your rationale, your reasoning, your reality, your perception. And that requires you to be present. That requires you to be work. It requires you to reach into the invisible realm of co-creation, no matter the area that you are in your life, whatever you're experiencing, and to supply hope and faith and belief. And realize that if I took a magnifying glass or a bullhorn or an amplifier and plugged it into your brain, right, 
what if I could hear your thoughts? And we wonder why telepathy has been suppressed. It's because, man, do you know how tough that would be if we were actually all accessing telepathy right now? It would be a real wake-up call for so many in so many situations. If you sat down at your desk ready to work and in your head and in your brain and your thoughts, you're like, this boss is an asshole. Or if you show, show up at your house, you walk in, your wife's there, and she's like, oh my God, this dick is at home. I wish he had gone out of town. And you could hear that. Imagine how different life would be. But here's what's interesting as we create and collect information across all time and space. You do hear it. You might not say it, but you are sincerely committed to how you're showing up in all realms. So if something is in your head, it is in your heart. And it is expressing in everything that you do here now. And your body feels a strong pull to make that a possibility or a potentiality. And if it is feeling that it can't, it will cut you out of the situation. Like if you don't want to show up at work and you have animosity for your boss and you know you suppress it, your body hears you and hears your truth and will ultimately do everything it can like subconsciously make you leave your lights on, right? Or your interior light on. So when you show up, (laughs) you can't start your car in the morning. So it it, it puts another nail in the coffin and you're going to get fired. Or your body will make you tired and yawn and may slow your pace down so that you can be positioned to be away from this area. Same thing if you, you you, you can also create sickness as we've seen with placebo effects. So this is leading into the series about reality and 3D and 4D and 5D. And as many of you will notice, if you go back a year ago to my videos and you go to today, I've transformed myself 45 pounds less at the same weight I was when I graduated high school, didn't make an effort or try, didn't go to the gym. I centered myself. I removed the blockages and I began to show up inside and out. I attuned my subconscious, released the blocks, started doing meditations and mantras and really leaning into life and removing the ideas and the recurrent thoughts that I could control. And as I did this and established a pattern of habit, my my body began to support me. So, The link between these thoughts and feelings and behavior, um, think of it, your thoughts are a catalyst for the perpetuating patterns and cycles that you're facing every day. And what you think directly influences how you feel, how you're perceived, and how you behave. So if you think you're a failure, you'll feel like a failure. And if you feel like a failure, your frequency becomes that of failure, and you will attract to you things that will create failure because your body is operating in that color, in that pigment, in that possibility. So your body will start to act like you're a failure. It will trip. It will tie things up. It will drop things. It will do the work that you're not willing to do in your conscious waking world to create failure. And then when you do act like a failure, or when you project the failure, you reinforce this belief that you have to be a failure. And what happens is, is that you start to create um, a 
cauldron of, of, of the capacity of this failure. And I see this happen a lot, right? Where somebody says, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not strong enough. I'm just not attractive enough. I'm just not the right sex, the right shape, the right smartness. I'm not this. And you, you allow these things, these excuses to amplify the reason why you're not getting where you want to be. But in truth, you could look around and find the shortest person, the most unattractive person, the, the most off-colored person. You could find the gayest person. You could find the most boring person that has been successful in several areas of whether it's business, life, love, father, motherhood, travel, They've done and created a life that you're longing for that you say that doesn't and can't be created because you have a lack. And we can see examples time and time again of people that actually broke the mold. And that means that you are the enemy in this case. You are the objective. It's not trying to fix and to find the way. It's you are the way. So we have to switch our efforts from externalizing things and we have to bring these things back to us and understand that your beliefs are reinforced and that your body will reinforce your situation as well. It's constantly reinforcing it with your ego. So someone who develops the belief that you're a failure uh, will view each mistake as proof that you are that failure. And when you succeed, you'll say it's luck. Right? When you come up with a great idea or you, get a, you, know, you hit your goal, um, that girl at the bar gives you her number or that guy asks you out in the produce aisle post or pre-COVID, um, you'll say, well, man, I was just lucky. But you're really, really not. And talent is something that, yeah, I mean, may, not everybody can sing, but you can learn to sing well, not maybe great, right? Talent can be acquired. Um, we all have very similar tools. The only thing holding you back is you and your perception of the obstacle. So creating a more positive outlook will lead you to a better outcome. And it's not to say that positive thoughts are like a magical prescription. Optimism is going to lead you to a level of perception that's going to be more productive. It's going to increase your chances of obtaining what it is that you believe is your ideal. Now, if failure is what you idolize because that's what you believe about yourself, everything about you will align with it and it will create it. And the challenge is that you have to challenge, you have to trigger your conclusion, your, your summary of the situation. You want to take a look at the labels you've, you've laid on top of yourself. Think about that for a second. Tall, short, fat, ugly, attractive wealthy, from across the tracks. What have you declared about yourself? You know, like when you go through the airport and you declare your luggage? What are you declaring when you step out the door? Because you are leading yourself, right? And you need to remind yourself that those beliefs don't restrict reality. Reality keeps on going. Reality is really always ready for you to step into it. But just because you believe it doesn't make it true, right? I could believe that I'm blue, but it doesn't make it true, right? 
And the good news is, is you can change how you think. You can change how you feel. You can change those things. You can alter your perception to change your life. One of the best ways to do that is to look for the evidence that is going to support the opposite. Look for what's contrary to what you're, you're, you're projecting. Look to something that leads you away from the label. Anytime that your beliefs were not um, supported by what you've, you know, what you've shown up as, right? Acknowledge yourself and acknowledge the exception. Um, when you have the exception, embrace it. Like I could barely pass high school and then I went to dental school. And according to what I was capable of in high school, I should have not been able to do what I did. And I opened the door to that opposition and I looked at it and I took it class by class, course by course, day by day. I learned how to relearn. And as I had a success, I built on it. And I didn't let my failure merge with my fear, right? I let my failure merge with my fortitude and I moved forward into it. I challenged my beliefs. That's the other way. Perform a, an experiment. Test how true your beliefs really are. If you think you're not good enough, do something that helps you to feel good enough. If you think that person won't talk to you or if you think you won't get that sale. You know, I remember when I was in sales. I thought I hated sales. I was like, I'm not good at sales. But it's not about being good at sales. It's about just believing in what you're doing. So I changed it. I switched it. I went to this training called, what was it? Uh, Sigma something, Sigma Alpha, Sigma, some kind of black belt training for sales. And when I did it, I sat down in it and I changed how I believed about the product, about what I was supposedly pushing. And it worked. And I was, I knocked it out of the park. And then I figured after that, that I just didn't really like sales. So, but my adversity to sales was I didn't like to take the risks that I could not uh, get the response I was seeking. So I was sheltering myself. And I learned these things about stepping into my discomfort and, and where I felt comfortable, those comfort zones. And I forced myself to do something that felt a little uncomfortable, right? Practice this. Train your brain effectively. Train your brain to be different. Train your brain to take risks. It requires us to really step out. And I want to, uh, there's a quote that I want to share from Gandhi, and it is an amazing quote, and it echoes everything we're talking about. And then we'll tidy this up. This is only a 20 minute podcast today. Gandhi said, and listen to this twice Your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, and your habits become your values, and your values become your destiny. Now, maybe you're familiar with the concept of destiny and value and action. Maybe you've heard about the law of attraction. But really, what's happening is you are attracting everything that you're in alignment with. Now, let's look at this realistically. You are not consciously attracting that your car will not start. You are not consciously attracting that someone will take your wallet at the liquor store. But you've contracted several other things prior to the event that have co-created an alignment or a frequency which opened that future. 
And that's the level of responsibility we have when it comes to the unseen and the seen, when it comes to moving in the magic of life, when it comes to honoring our emotions and finding our truth. Your real value is in, do you create your truth? If you're sitting on your hands and you're not saying how you feel, and, and keep in mind, if you're angry at someone, if you feel somebody took something from you, we see a lot of this in the news. Are you angry at a specific person? And I know like they talked about this, Wayne Dyer talked about this when we had the Cold War between America and Russia. He sat in a classroom and he asked people, he said, so you guys hate Russians, right? And everybody's like, yeah, we hate the Russians. Uh, they're bad, da, 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 da. And he's like, well, do you know one? Well, no, I don't know any. I know the leader, but no, do you know a regular Russian? Do you know like an average uh, run-of-the-mill Russian? Do you know a Russian that runs maybe like a convenience store or a restaurant? Do you know that Russian? Do you know the mother or the father that's a Russian? Do you know the grandmother that's going into the pharmacy to get her medication Russian? Do you know the crippled Russian? Because you see, there's, there's all the variants in everywhere you look, right? So, and at the end of the conversation, Wayne Dyer found out that, well, we don't hate the specific person. We don't have animosity against that specific individual. It's a concept. And that concept is conning us out of our life. We're allowing the concept to create something that we are following rather than forging our future, rather than sitting down with a specific person and creating a specific life. We live in a world of generalities. And let me read this again from Gandhi so we can wrap it up. Your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, and your words become your actions, and your actions become your habits, and your habits become your values, and your values become your destiny. So I decide how to react and what happens to me. I choose my thoughts carefully. I make sure I'm thinking nourishing thoughts. I make sure that I know where I'm headed. I make sure that I'm trying to really be present with my perspective. When a negative thinking or thought comes in and starts, I know that it's temporary. I know that I can't harbor hate in my heart forever without stoking it, without providing the nurturing to see. And this is where I talked about my YouTube video about forgiveness. You're making a conscious choice not to forgive. It's not that why well, I don't I don't know how to forgive them. Well, you you, you definitely know how to not forgive them. I, I I don't I feel like a victim. Well, you you also know how to feel strong. It's the opposite of what you're nurturing. When you hate someone, when you hate a race, when you hate a, a sex, when you hate an idea, you have to support that. You have to supply that emotion with feeling. And when you do that, it creates a frequency. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So remember, the magic is within you. What you're manifesting is where you're moving, what you're putting most of your attention on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this shift with me. This is the close of the show in Deep Shift, where we create reality right now. And we give you tools for transformation, things that can help you transform today. Namaste, your way. Peace, light, and love.